Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited about what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can go to my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Well, grab your Bible and let's get into today's episode. Hello, Minister Paula Cornett here with Revelations from the Heart podcast. This is episode number 14. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so very excited for uh, this. We're starting a new series um, today, and this is um, going to be called the End Times, well, no, Last Days Territory. This is what this is called, Last Days Territory. Um, as I was just studying about this and just, you know, really seeking the Lord as to which direction that he wanted me to go and what did he want me to to minister on and talk about next. I was kind of torn between the end time, talk about the end time events, or talk about uh, the armor of God. Both very, very important um, teachings, but I just had to decide, you know, and, and just see which one the Holy Spirit really wanted me to um, share at this time. So whichever, I'm going to share about the last day's uh, territory, and we will do the armor of God at a later date. So, with that being stated, um, today we're going to be looking in um, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, be sure to grab your Bible and let's, we're going to look at this portion of Scripture together. We're going to start in 2 Timothy, Timothy got tongue-tied there, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. And I want to look at this, it's going to be like the focus Scripture that we're going to look at every day. And what I want to do is I want to take this apart and break it on down. I'm going to break down all of this. Of course, giving you the, the Greek uh, words uh, that go to it so you can go back in your own personal study time. <coughs> Excuse me. And check all of that out. So, before we begin, I want to first, before we get into it really good, I want to first begin by just sharing um, a little bit about the book of Timothy. Alright, now this is the second book that Paul wrote to his mentee, his protege, his son in the faith, Timothy. And um, upon the writing of this book, um, Paul was in prison. He was in prison for the preaching of the gospel. And he was uh, under, the, under the rule of Nero was the emperor at this time. And so Paul knew that his time was coming to an end. He knew that, you know, it, it was just he couldn't go any further that uh, he was going to soon be executed and so he sends this letter to timothy this is a prison epistle and uh, while writing this letter i'm sure that he was lonely he had been deserted um the only one that was with him was his um his scribe the writer that was with him at the time i think it was luke if i'm not mistaken I'm, I'm pretty sure it was luke that was with him at this time but he sends this letter to timothy really asking him he wanted him to um to come and see him one last time he also asked him to bring some um, books for him and so he's writing this letter he's challenging timothy to do several things to number one not to be ashamed of the gospel not to be ashamed of paul because he was in prison and uh his uh timothy kind of had gotten some flack for his association with paul and so he just told him you know don't be ashamed of the gospel he told him not to forget the call and to operate with boldness 
you probably have heard the familiar portion of scripture. It's been quoted a lot now in this time that, that we're in, in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, where Paul tells him, he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So if you're operating in fear, it's not of God, because he don't give that kind of spirit. But God operates in faith. God operates in power. God operates in love. And God operates in a sound or a disciplined mind. Okay? And so he also told him to keep to the truth. Don't forget the things that you've been taught. Keep to the truth. Don't veer. Don't, you know, divert from the truth. He also let him know to prepare others to follow in ministry. So he gave him a strong instruction of discipleship that, you we, you know, you want to make people duplicate disciples for Christ. That We want to, you know, continue to carry the gospel. And he told him to be disciplined and ready to endure suffering. As believers, we got to know that life is not always going to be perfect and everything work the way we always want it to work, but that if you are going to truly, truly, truly be in this thing 100%, that you're going to endure some suffering. But you got to be disciplined and you got to continue to, to, to stay the course. So Paul was the um, pastor at one time of the church of Ephesus. The church of Ephesus was um, a church that Paul founded. It was the largest of the churches um, that was that Paul established. And the church of Ephesus um, was like the epicenter of all the other ministries. So most of the uh, people, when they were trained for uh, pastors were trained here at Ephesus. So Paul uh, relinquished, well, he um, gave it over to Timothy, you know, before, right before he was in prison, he set up Timothy as the pastor. And then later on, uh, the pastor uh, of Ephesus after Timothy uh, passed was um, John, uh, Jesus' disciple John, where he got he, the book of Revelation. He was actually the pastor of the church of Ephesus at the time of the writing of the book of Revelation. So, um, Paul also, he, he was reminiscing about Timothy's, you know, Timothy's spiritual heritage and that it started with his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice and how they had taught him the things of God and instructed him. And Paul remembered how he laid his own hands upon Timothy and the gift of God was stirred up in him. And he's, you know, just telling him to stir up the gift, to fan the flames, to keep things going. Okay. So now I begin to, when I begin to think about how to, you know, just really kind of set this up, um, I begin to think about rising to the occasion and, you know, being ready for, you know, that thing that God has called you to do. I'm sure there's been times in your life where, it's been something that was just meant for you to do and nobody else could do it, but you had to do it and you had to rise to the occasion or you could cower in fear, but I always choose to rise to the occasion. And so when I begin to think about my own life, I begin to think about several things. But one thing that came to mind particularly is when my, my aunt passed away, um, she had asked me several years before she passed away, she'd asked me to do her funeral. And so, you know, I said, I can't do that. No, goodness gracious, I have a difficult time at funerals. It's hard not to cry, let alone to do one for someone that, you know, means a lot to you. And that's, you know, your own family member. And so um, when she passed away, her daughter asked me, um, you know, 
would you do would you do her funeral and without hesitation i said i said yes not knowing how i was really going to do it you know but the amazing thing is is that whenever i get the opportunity to do a funeral um even though it's a sad occasion i have to set aside my own personal emotions and feelings to complete the assignment that's at hand and so it's as if the holy spirit like puts a stop on my emotions and nothing else can come out and i have you know it gives me the strength and it does me with the power to say what needs to be said and so it was so very important and paramount that nobody else had their name on this but me that nobody else could do this you know this was what god had destined for me to do now i could have cowered in fear or i could rise to the occasion and knowing that in rising to the occasion that i'm being obedient to what god has called forth for me to do so i chose to rise to the occasion ministered and preached a powerful strong strong message of repentance um to my family and i'm just so very grateful that i had you know the opportunity to do that and so how does that story parallel what we're going to talk about today because we're going to be talking about the last days the end times all right and the thing is this is that god is so good because if we listen to him he will prepare us for everything that's to come and the times that we're living in now are the times that the prophets prophesied about are the times that you know the patriarchs wished they could be here it's a wonderful time it's an exciting time why because we are the generation that will see the return of Jesus Christ and for me it's something i've been waiting on all my life i may never get to see the you know the islands of hawaii i may never get to travel you know here or there the only thing that really matters to me is i just want to see jesus and so we will see from this um particular portion of scripture how that god has appointed us he's anointed us and he's chosen us for this time and we have to rise to the occasion and be all that god has called us to be so let's look in he in hebrews uh, not in Hebrews, but in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And now, like I said, as we walk through all of this, Paul is um, in this portion of Scripture. The Holy Spirit um, really fast forwards to the end of the age. And he's speaking through Paul and letting Timothy know, you know, this is the things that are going to happen. This is the this is the things that will um, give you the the notion to know that this is this is the you know these are the final moments all right it says but know this that in the last days perilous times will come let's look at those words really quick and first we have to note that i need to note is that if you read it in the original greek it actually reads for reads like it reads this is first it reads um this know instead of but know this it says this know that in the last days perilous times shall come so the word this is the greek word talatos and it means this it means very specific um it means emphatically you know this is something that you need to that you really really need to know and then the Greek word also is the Greek word day, which means also, indeed, or emphatically. 
It means emphatically and categorically you need to know. You need to know. You need to know that um, gnosko is the, the word know is the Greek word gnosko. And it means to know something definitely, emphatically, and with absolute certainty. It's not a might going to happen, but it definitely will happen. It's almost as if like the Holy Spirit is like grabbing your, like jumping out the page and grabbing Grabbing our attention to say, listen to this, without a shadow of a doubt. No, this no, this no, this no, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. It's not, might happen. It probably is going to definitely happen. This is definitely going to take place and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Okay, so this no, that, now let's look at the word that is the word hody. And it points to a specific and important point. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is giving us detail. He's giving us detail that we need to know this. Listen to this. Listen to what I'm saying so that you can be prepared, so that you can be ready. Know this. Okay, know this. Be ready. Be prepared. Know this, that in the last days. Now, let's start right there and talk about last days. Because when I was younger, I can remember sitting in Sunday school class or talking with, you know, other people and talking about the last days and end times and, oh, this is going to happen when the end time comes and, you know, the, the last days and, the, you know, talking about the, the end times and, and all this, you know, stuff, just talking like that. And when I got older, like about a teenager, I began to ask, I said, well, when I read the scripture and it says in Acts 2.17, when the Pen when day of Pentecost came and Jesus, you know, uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit came and they the people were speaking in tongues and, and it says there uh, when Peter preached at Pentecost he said that in the last days he, he prophesied the, the book of Joel he said in the last days and so I said well the last days you know I came to the conclusion that the last days started at Pentecost that was when it was initiated was the last days okay so, like, you know, some people say, well, the last days, you know, the end time has come. The end time, we've been going through it all this time. It's, you know, it's coming, come, been coming all this time. It was initiated or started in Acts 2, 17 with the day of Pentecost. And so all that time in between has still been the last days. So well, what about, what about where we are now? Where we are now, fast forward, where we are now is we're in the last hour. We're in the final moments, my friends. We're in the final moments. We are in the last hour. We are living in the in the in the final moments, the last hour of the last days. We're living at the end of the end of the age. Things are getting ready to be wrapped up really, really soon and really, really quick here. And so, when someone says, you know, talks about the last days, well, that this stuff hasn't happened. Well, all that stuff was going. There was false teachers then. There was stuff going on. This this going, but in the end of the age, there will be things that that would happen that haven't happened in other errors or other times okay so we're going to go into that here in just a minute so the verse is talking about the end of the last days okay so it says that but know this that in the last days okay so the word last is the is the greek word eschatos and you've probably heard this word the word eschatology so where we get the word eschatology, which is the study of end time events or the study of the last days. Okay, so the word last is the word eschatos that means the ultimate end of a thing, the extreme end. 
It is used in classical Greek literature to depict a place furthest away, such as the very ends of the earth, the final port, the last stopping off of a journey, something that is final, the very end. So he's saying, know this, that without a shadow of a doubt, emphatically, categorically, there's nothing nobody can do about it, but in the last, at the end of the end of the age, at the final port, at the last moment, final hour, know this, perilous times shall come. The Greek word perilous is the word kalapos, and it means dangerous, risky, hurtful. It pictures something that is wounding. It's used in literature to depict wild, vicious, uncontrollable animals that are, were unpredictable and dangerous. It pictures a deadly menace. It denotes anything that is treacherous or potentially hurtful. So the word perilous, it, it, it means danger, risk, and hurt. So it's a time that's going to be a risky time to live. I mean, just think about the time that we live in today. It's risky just to go out and check, get your mail. It's risky just to go take a walk. It's risky just to go to the mall, just doing normal everything. You don't know somebody might come and shoot the place up. You, you just don't know. It's risky times. So in the last days, perilous times, it'll be a time that is, that, is, that is hurtful, a time that is wounding, a time that is dangerous, a time that is risky. Those times are going to come. So it says that in the last days, perilous or calipos times shall come. The word time is the Greek word kairos. And it means a specific or definite season. So it's a specific or definite time. Perilous times shall come. Okay. Now the word shall come is composed of two words. In, it's called enestemi. And it has the, the first part of the word is the word in, which just means in. And then histemi means to stand. So when you put it all together, it means to stand in, to stand in the middle of, or to be surrounded, to be encumbered, to stand in the very middle of whatever is being discussed. So in the end of the age, in the last days, in the, in, in the final moments, the people that are, that are going there will find themselves... In the midst of living in the midst of this risky time, living in the midst of this dangerous time, living in the midst of this hurtful time. Some events are not changing. We can pray all day, but some things have to take place. Just look at the present um, pandemic that, that we're going through. Some events that are unavoidable, they have to take place. We'll find ourselves surrounded by encumbered by all of this stuff i like to put it like this you'd be surrounded by crazy stuff and crazies and sometimes you look at the news or sometimes you hear of things that people have done and you thought that is just crazy that is just nonsense that is just like so just far-fetched and just what are, what is wrong with people and it's because of the times it's because of the times now we have to ask ourselves a question when we find ourselves in this time what do we do what do we do as believers? We're aware that this is happening, that it's going on, that this is the way, you know, things are, are, are taking a turn and it's playing out this way because it's, it's, you know, according to God's plan. 
So let's go to Matthew 28, and we're going to see that word kalapos again. That's, it's used in Matthew 8, 28. And this is the story about the... Um, no, I'm in the wrong... Is it Matthew 8, 28? Let's see. No. It's not Matthew 8. Hold on, let me find it. Yes, Matthew 8. Yes, it is, it is, it is. I'm sorry. I was looking at the other things. Okay, so it's Matthew 8, 28. It says, this is a story about the man, calling the madman of Gadara that was healed. He was possessed, um, possessed by the, by the, by the devil. You know, Jesus came and cast the demons out of him and said, you know, I asked him, what's his name? He said, we are legion for we are many. So this man has several, several, several demons in him at one time. And so, um, he was, he, they had put him away from the regular people because he caused such a ruckus. So he was in the, um, where the tombs were and it said that he would cut himself and he was, you know, naked and he was just wild, just wild, just running around like a wild man. And there was a road that passed through there that no one wanted to travel the road because nobody wanted to encounter this madman. But situations that other people avoid, Jesus runs to those situations to bring the healing, uh, that that they need because of the, the power that he has so in matthew 8 28 it says when he had come to the other side to the country of the gerasenes there met him two demon possessed men and so there was actually you know more than one some translations some um one of the other gospel writers said one but it was it was two coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no one could pass away so this word exceeding fierce is actually the same word for um, perilous, which is calipos. So this means that it was dangerous to go this route or use this way. The word way is the word hodos, which means road. So this road was, it was a di difficult, dangerous road to take. Nobody wanted to take that road. But when he came in contact with Jesus, Jesus took the road. And not only did he take the road, but he cast the devil out the man and set him free and set him so free to the point that he went back to his region to tell of what Jesus had did, what had done for him. So while we find ourselves in the midst of this risky time, know this, that God has appointed us. He has anointed us. He has chosen us to live in this time. He's chosen us that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that when we come up against situations that may be risky or dealing with people that may be hurtful, hurting or hurtful or harmful or potentially dangerous, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to speak into the situation, to bring the very life of God into the situation. So while we're living in this time, we cannot run in fear. We cannot hide in our houses. You know, we have to rise to the occasion because we are appointed, because we are anointed, because we are chosen to live in this time. As Esther said, that God has brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. You don't know who you will encounter that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're living in a day and time when things as we know it have changed. Have changed. You say, well, uh, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. My friend's normal is out the window. It is out the window because things are getting ready to wrap up. And so we have to walk in faith. We have to walk knowing that God is our Jehovah Jireh. 
We have to walk in the fact of knowing that the kingdom of God is unshakable, it's unmovable, and it's, it's not bothered by this world system. And we have to be ever so wise to discern the signs of the time and to know and to understand that God's got everything. He, he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. And we have to pray for our leaders, not criticize. Because a lot of people really don't understand the fullness of what's, what's happening. They, some people are so far, they have no idea. They have no idea the things that are trying to be ushered in that God is using uh, certain people to hold things back because it's not time for them yet. I'm talking about bad, terrible things that are being held back. So you want to make sure that you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Do your research. Do your research. Don't just take what the news says or what, what, the, what the media says, but listen to what God is saying. Listen to what God is saying. And so we're going to have a word of prayer. And... Um, I just hope and pray. And then I'm, next week, next time when I come, I'm going to go into those things that are listed, those little those pinpoints that are all listed there in, in Timothy. But to know that the Holy Spirit, and God wants to always, us, He wants us to be prepared. That's why He left the book. That's why He left the Bible. That's why He left His Word. So that nothing takes us by surprise. And to know that we're in Christ. We have nothing to worry about. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to... Um, you know, to be afraid of, that we can trust in him, that God will take care of us. He will make provision for us. Uh, any way that he has to do it, he will make provision for us and he will take He will take care of us. He will keep us. He will protect us. So, Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you that you have called us. You have chosen us. You have appointed us. You have anointed us to live in the greatest time in all of history. And, Lord, I thank you for the awesome plan. I thank you, Lord, that... As things are going to be wrapped up, Lord, help us that we will accomplish and do all that you have called us to do, Lord God. I thank you for stirring the hearts of the people, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that we will move from mediocrity, that we will move from, from just being average, Lord God, but that we will move in the power and the might of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I thank you for stirring the hearts, Lord, of those that are listening right now in Jesus' name. You stir their hearts, Father God. Oh, God, you stir, just like you told Timothy, to stir up the gift. Let them stir up that gift that's on the inside, Lord. And I thank you that in this last hour that the church of Jesus Christ will shine brighter than before. And that, Lord, just as we came in with the bang at Pentecost, that we will go out with the bang at, 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 at the rapture, at, at, at the departure, Lord. I thank you that you are drawing men to you right now, Lord, those that are lost, those that don't know you. Those that need to repent, Lord, help them to know that this is the time to do that. Those that need to get their relationship right with you, let them know this is the time to do that. Father God, I thank you for, for just touching hearts right now. That you're very, the very power of the Holy Spirit just flood into every home, Father God. I thank you for awakening the people in the name of Jesus. I thank you for resetting the people in the name of Jesus. I thank you for fire, the fire of God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for revival, Lord God, to be on our hearts, to be on our minds. I thank you, Lord God, for prayer, for causing people to rise up in greater levels of prayer, Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you and I praise you, Father God, that you be glorified, you be magnified in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for this time. We thank you 
for the final hour, Father God. Help us not to fall prey to the doctrines of demons. Help us not to fall prey, Father God, and be and be deceived in this last hour. But help us to recognize, like the sons of Issachar, the signs and the times whereby which we're living in. Father, you be glorified and you be magnified. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget the scripture that says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Revelations from the Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone in your life. Share this podcast on your social media networks. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can find the links to all my pages at my website at www.paulacornet.weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. God bless you and hope you will take time to listen again soon.